Hey there, Laker fans. Welcome to another episode of Lakers Detailed. I am your host, Vinay, with my co-host, Raj. Raj, happy Diwali. For the people that yes. celebrate it that are in the space or end up hearing this later, just want to say happy Diwali to everybody. Uh, happy Indian New Year's for the, the folks that follow that calendar or keep track of it. Uh, Raj, how is your... Well, we're, we're Monday night when we're recording this. How is your weekend overall celebrating Diwali? Oh, it was fun, man. You know how uh, we get down in those type of holidays. A lot of parties, a lot of invitations. Um, so it's funny. I went to a party on Friday night, so I missed the Suns game live. Yes. Every game I miss live, and it just has the best ending somehow, or it just has something where uh, I turned my phone died actually in the middle. Um, so I was like asking people around for their phones for the score, which is just awful <laughs> when people are trying to people are trying to drink and they're playing games and so i was like oh we're down like 10 it's probably over and i checked the score I was like what they won and so um but yeah a lot of drinks a lot of food you know how like they always give you a gift when you leave so they they give all the families like this big chocolate box yeah but i, but I come by myself so i literally just brought home this big chocolate box and i which i'm grubbing <laughs> on but <laughs> it was fun man awesome celebration uh awesome awesome weekend and Two Laker wins back to 500, Mene. We yes. are uh, back to uh, our winning ways. How was, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. You know, obviously, the audience is uh, for the folks that don't know what it is, it's, it's really just, it's like Indian Christmas. And so, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that we, we celebrate it with family and whatnot. And so that's kind of what I did. Went to the temple, they had light shows. There was a ton of tourists there, uh, but it was good to, just to be around. There's like a kids' carnival. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, you know, this is a lot fun weekend, but nothing more fun than getting that Suns win and not starting yes. my weekend off in a bad mood. Um, and then concluding the weekend also with a nice win against Portland and not messing around without LeBron, mind you. I, I'm sure that yep. was on a lot of people's minds uh, to see how the team would perform. But there's a lot of stuff we have to get to. It was just two games, but there's yeah. a lot of stuff that happened in these two games that's, that's really worth discussing. Um, nothing bigger maybe nothing bigger than this the, the starting lineup change raj give mm -hmm. yourself a pat on the back because we discussed this on the very last pod after eight games we said oh there's a lineup change coming there has to be one oh, coming yeah. because it doesn't make sense for this run and we covered data and stuff like that and, and you know we didn't know what it was going to be we speculated that maybe it'd be when vando returns because that seems to make the most sense um but darvin ham didn't waste any time he takes austin nope. reeves out of the starting lineup and sends him to the bench um not a demotion. It's a realignment. That to, to use his phrase, <laughs> um, I appreciate his uh, attempt to make it soften the blow. But really, I don't. Sure. I don't think you know. I don't think we took it. You know, when when I heard it, I, I didn't feel like he was being demoted. I was just like, you know what, this is just better for him. Like honestly, um, the sure. the data behind his scoring, even when he has good games, sometimes it looks like he was rough. But the reality is that he he made that change. He brings Cam Reddish in. Um, you know. You could see how Reddish was so, supposed to sort of fill that Vando role for the yeah. Lakers. Um, and LeBron starts playing more on ball mm -hmm. to start the first quarter. Um, and now the rules are just a little bit more, you know, concrete for that yeah. starting lineup. Um, the Lakers don't have a terrible first quarter. Uh, I mean, they kind of do, but not like as bad as it potentially could be against the Suns. They play much better, you know, with LeBron out and, and Rui subbing in from Portland. But before we get into those the details of those games, what were your what was your reaction to hearing about Austin getting moved out of the starting lineup? 
Yeah, uh, it's funny because the whole week, Renee, what was it about? It's the other LA team, right? Like, oh, they need yeah. to make the change in the starting lineup. Uh, the, the two guards can't play with each other, and you know they're kind of stepping on each other's toes. And our team is the one that makes the lineup change. I saw it yeah. just on Twitter. And, you know, for Cam Reddish, it's a little bit of a, you know, sticker shock when you see that. You know, Austin Reeves mm -hmm. went to the bench, Cam Reddish starting for him. But it made sense. We spoke about it. They needed more size in that starting lineup. And I think my main point with this was, to me, Torian's not a three next to those two guards, right? Yeah. And, you know, I compared it really to the Dame and, you know, CJ situation. I was thinking, Vinay, life comes full circle. Do you remember when we drafted D'Angelo Russell? Who was our guard on that team? So people forget because no one really watched that year, but I, as a sicko, even back then, was like watching because we had Jordan Clarkson right on that right. team. And I remember, and Jordan Clarkson just had a phenomenal year, uh, was first team all rookie after uh, being the 46th pick. You know, so he was like, he, he played extremely well, had a bunch of games down the stretch. Byron Scott, we won't get into Byron Scott. But anyway, like Jordan Clarkson had an, had an awesome rookie year. And I remember D'Lo came in and I believe he started. Like and Jordan Clarkson came off the bench to kind of um, assimilate both of them into into the team. Uh, I believe Luke Walton was the new coach. Yeah, Luke was the new coach that year. But in any kind of in, in any case, like that, those things I think you have to do with two guards who have the ball in their hands, who have not a lot of rim pressure, and with our offense running kind of through AD ball screens. And I thought, Vinay, you you brought it up. We need to run more post ups. We ran a lot more post ups. Yeah. We attacked our switches with post-ups, and I thought Austin came in, and it just looked like he didn't have this burden, Vinay, of having to be a playmaker. Came in right away, took a three. Um, in the Portland game, comes in, hits a corner three right away, and it just looks like dudes are into their roles a lot better. D'Lo is able to just have the ball in his hands. There's no, do I kick it to Austin here? Am I in the corner on this play? He's very much in command. 20 assists, I believe, two turnovers. That's just fantastic guard play from your starting guard. He's not shooting the ball from three yet, but I think it's fit well, and Cam has just been a revelation. We'll get, in, get into him later. But that was my first initial thought was, this makes sense. They compared him to Manu Ginobili. I believe Darwin used Ginobili's actual name in comparison. So yeah. obviously it's not demotion when you're named into that kind of guy. But I get it from Austin's perspective too. They asked him, he's like, look, I want to start. Like that's that's part of like me as a competitor, but I get it for this for this team. Yeah, no, I, I I think you kind of hit it on the head. Like it, the the visually, the thing that was uh, I think best to see <clears throat> was him coming in and looking comfortable. Like he he just seemed yeah. very comfortable with what he was supposed to do. Um, I, I think when he sat when you have to start games as a point guard, there's a like the taking your time to read the floor and stuff like that. D'Lo does that a little bit more, and he's much more experienced in doing that, so it's easier for him to do that because he knows how to read the floor early in yep. traditional point guard style. Um, I think for Austin, that was probably what he was struggling with the most. Do I look to score? Do I look to pass? Um, you know, am I missing AD or LeBron? You know, LeBron's just standing around. And I think just him getting shifted into that bench role, it just allowed him to be back to what, what he normally is, which is, you know, he's a, he's a score first guard. He, he attacks yep. reads, attacks defenses. So you want to put him in a position to do that. So as soon as he comes off the bench, it's usually it was usually with Anthony Davis, so this would be around mm -hmm. the time where like Anthony Davis is kind of like towards the end of what his shift is going to be. And as a result, like he's like, he's not going to be as aggressive offensively. So Austin can just come in and take some of those shots. And I think mm -hmm. that, I think that just worked out perfectly for him. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, just kind of how that, that sort of worked out. And in the past two games, it's been really, really good uh, to, to see that happen. Yeah, for sure. I 
Let me ask you, how much of this stays, do you think, even if Vando comes back? Is this a, is this a consistent lineup change for you? I, I think it's fascinating to watch it kind of go over, and obviously the win-loss record will determine a lot of this. I mean, obviously LeBron was out last night, and they continued to, you know, not to have Austin off the bench. I, did, I just think there's going to be a lot of tinkering with this team. Mm-hmm. But, but I feel like the players are starting to really fill their roles, which is nice to see. We'll get into detail more. Um, which is nice to see the team, I think, start to understand where they get their shots from. This was the most in command. I've seen D'Lo be of the offense so far, just in terms of reading the floor, having a really nice floor game. I thought his playmaking was on point. We're starting to get counters to stuff, right, to the switches instead of just Austin and D'Lo. And they still do it to an extent, this one-on-one basketball that they do. Um, but I like, like, against the switches, getting it to AD in the post, getting it to Rui in the post, um, just kind of exploiting other matchups. But do you feel this starting lineup change is something you see staying as, like, the team goes forward? Or I guess if Cam Reddish's ascension into this high-level role player continues? Um, or is this kind of, you think, until a little uh, bandage until until Vando gets back? Yeah, that that's <clears> – <throat> honestly, that's a great question. I'm not sure – I'm not sure what direction they kind of go in uh, when it comes to when it comes to this because I could certainly see Ham taking the approach of like, well, it's not broken, so there's no need to fix it. You know, mm. so Cam is continuing to be successful, and obviously he's he's also a pretty good. Um, you know, he, he's been more of an offensive threat than um, than Vando has. So, like, if if that continues to work out, then I don't know. That that's a good question. I mean, <clears throat> Vando hasn't done anything to lose his position. Mm. And Cam has certainly earned the ability for now to stay in his position. And sure. so that it, it, I'm very curious to see how they how they handle this situation. Like I could also see Vando like did you see like Vando posted on like on social media like him and Cam, like a picture of him and Cam together? It seems like he's like in support of like Cam sure. you know, Cam's success and, and, and whatnot too at the same time. So I, I don't think there's like a conflict of interest. Vando's also paid. Like he's already been taken care of financially. So yeah, a contract on the line for him too at the same time. So I think that should be okay. But that's a great question. Um, Cause like we need Vando's defensive rebound, like his hustle and defensive rebounding is just like, it's not there uh, or without mm-hmm. it. Like we can tell it's not there. And so I'm, I'm very curious. I'll, I'll ask you like, if, if do you think, I don't want to just rephrase the question to you exactly, but like, do you think if you had to do like a one to hundred percent, right? Like, and I think you're on mute on the spaces. Oh. I think someone oh. just mentioned. Oh, sorry. I apologize if I was on. I don't know why. Why it's muting itself? I didn't do anything. It's weird that it does it sometimes. I apologize, folks, but you guys should be able to hear me now. Um, so I, my question to you was going to be, um, I wanted to push it back to you. If you had to mm. go from like one to a hundred percent, right? What is the percentage chance that you think that Ham in the back of his mind wants to go back to that lineup that he had, you know, like the one that we had last season with Austin in the starting lineup and Vando coming off the bench or sorry, Vando, Vando starting at the four. So Austin and D'Lo together, you mean with the starters? Like, do you think like there's like a, like 10% of them wants to test that and see if that still works? I'm not sure Ham has any like loyalty to those, especially those lineups. I mean, he's obviously have some, he has a big connection with Christian Wood, and I think I'm sure he likes Vando's game. I think Vinay, when you have all these guys paid, he can go with whoever's playing well. And it's only been a few games, right? So the Cam Reddish thing, but 
man, confidence is a hell of a drug. Like I, yeah, man. I remember we were we were doing the show. I uh, forgot before the Suns game, and I remember speaking to you like Cam doesn't want to shoot the ball. Like I think on one of the plays, like in the Miami game, which concluded right with the huge conversation about you know should LeBron have passed to Cam, and we went to, into the details of that. But in that game, if you go watch the whole game, Cam would cut any time, right? Because he just he just did not want to shoot at all. And finally, of course, how basketball works, how the basketball gods work. You can't hide right on the basketball floor. So Cam's yep. put in on the end of the game. He ends up in the corner. He's the one that takes the shot. You fast forward, Renee, a week or however long it's been, lost track of time. He's running into transition pull-up threes, and it yep. looks clean. It looks like with purpose. It looks like he has his footwork down. Um, it's just crazy to watch kind of the ascension. And look, like I think Vando is obviously one of the better is obviously one of the better defenders on this team. I think if Cam's going to be this good offensively, it's at least a question. I was thinking, Vinay, it's nice to have them as a pairing, right? It's kind of the theory of what we thought Max Christie could be. And Max has just been, I think he's put in a tough spot to where he just doesn't have consistent rotation minutes. So it's hard for him to get in any type of rhythm, any type of defensive rhythm. He comes off a pick and roll and Max is unsure. Am I supposed to take a pull-up jump shot here? Am I supposed to kick it to the roll man? But Cam's starting to really like settle into this. Uh, it's three and D with like handle and he had a, he had a play of an a against Deandre Ayton. One of the first plays of the game, he had like 10 points before that. Oh yeah. no, it was it. Yes, it was Ayton. I, we played Portland. We played Phoenix in Portland. I forgot Ayton's on Portland now, but like, uh, so, um, cam comes off the pick and roll, gives Ayton a little left to right crossover. And it's like, it's like beautiful floater right over him, which is like, man, that stuff is, that's the stuff he was drafted on. But, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to watch the team kind of get, this production and every year you get guys who kind of exceed expectations and guys who um, are un unable to meet it. Right. So you're, you're kind of every year you get these type of players and maybe can, maybe camp can be that guy. Um, but yeah, I think Vando probably starts again. Uh, it's interesting if they keep winning, I think they'll continue to do this. If Austin can use to play well, if Delo is able to continue to find comfort here, I think wins and loss will determine a ton of it, but I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, he, he just went through the trenches with that lineup. I'm sure that's on his mind, but I don't think he has any like loyalty to it at all so you don't you don't think he has loyalty to keeping reddish in the starting lineup uh, i don't think he has loyalty to like putting austin back with the starters with oh. Mando. like i don't i don't yeah. think like there's any like loyalty there yeah. um but I, I, I can see that i can see that uh you know we also know that ham has this thing where like once he finds like this new science project that he wants to try and figure out he just kind of sticks with it until it makes sense and and the reddish mm -hmm. experience worked out you know swapping austin out um who fortunately is not stealing money from the lakers with his uh with his extension <laughs> that he's signed recently saw a lot of those tweets come out after the first three four games but um you know like it it it, ha it has worked out and you know I, I also want to take a step back and, and 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 say this like we said this in the last pod that the lakers have to stop trying to prioritize spacing because when they're trying to prioritize something and they're not making shots anyways. You know, like they're, they're still shooting. They were shooting like 30% or some some terrible number on an open shot. So if you're trying to prioritize spacing for your star player or star players or spacing so that you can generate a bunch of open shots and then you're not making those open shots, then stop doing that. Like play with more purpose. What is the purpose of the, what you're trying to do? Are you trying to generate shots at the rim? Are you trying to do that? And, and the, the thing with swapping Reddish for Austin tells me okay they're prioritizing defense now like they're, they're prioritizing size mm. they're prioritizing cleaning up some of the defensive rebounding which were all things that they needed to do so i'm happy that he made that adjustment for that boy not only did it help austin not only does it kind of clean up the hierarchy for delo 
who's also benefited from this too as well, it allows us to go back to what was actually working, which is if we watch the Suns game, Braun starts off playing how he does. He's dictating mm-hmm. the pace of a lot of the game. But that fourth quarter, was he bashing his head in, trying to get to the rim? No. He was just setting up his open shooters the entire time. And that's what you want. Like, if you're going to have him dictate the offense, that's probably the best way to do it. Have him draw the double team. Have him, you know, just, just make easy passes to teammates or, you know, passes that can lead to skip passes to, to the guy who makes a shot. And I thought that was, like, it was an underrated part of the game that I don't, I don't think too many people talked about. But, like, he – you would think that Braun would have had to carry a heavy workload in the fourth quarter to win the game. But it felt like it was actually the opposite. It felt like all he had to do was bring it up, wait for the Suns to commit to something defensively, and then he'd just pick them apart with, with making the right decision. Obviously, the players have to make their shots, right? Christian Wood was phenomenal. Yeah. Before, but Rui came mm. in like a bat out of hell, dude. He just came in, started <laughs> slapping rebounds off the backboard, and just like, you know, he just like, was awesome. He just, you know, the Suns got this guy, Josh Kogi. I like him. Um, he's, he's a cool guy, <laughs> but he's basically a minute. I always joke to my friends, I was like, all right. This dude's like a middle linebacker playing by basketball. Like he, he's, like he's a physical dude, right? He's a good defender. Yeah. He rebounds like crazy. I think he had an and one play on, on D'Lo on a box. Because D'Lo was trying to like literally box him out by like face guarding him and like trying to hold him back from getting it. He still got the rebound and he made it. But I was just like, we needed a guy to do that. And Rui came yeah. in and he was just like, all right, F this, dude. Like I'm not letting these dudes just dictate what I learned. I think the first play, like he just snatches the ball from Eubanks on a pass and start some mm. transition break. So it's just like, we just need that kind of energy. We need that kind yeah. of hustle. We need that kind of scrappiness around Braun and AD right now. And, and you know, until Vando at least comes back, it, yeah. it was great to see that. Yeah, for sure. Just sticking on that Suns game. I know you were joking about Austin's not stealing money, obviously. I mean, that, that was <laughs> really some narrative that was coming, but it was cool, Vinay, to see like him do that again, right? The just clutch baskets, the... Yeah like off the pick and roll, um, the pull-up jump shot. I think you posted the one, like, through the legs, step back. Yeah. Like, on K- on KBD, yeah. Keep yeah, right, right over him. And they went to that patented play. Just Austin comes and screams for LeBron. Everyone else get the hell out of the way. Um, yeah. They're either going to switch. They all, they put two on the ball because the Suns just don't have, outside of a Kogi, they just don't have a ton of perimeter. Case Diop is, does a fine job, but they just yeah. have a lot of guys you can kind of pick on. And Austin was able to uh, get buckets. We we started with this part with the with the lineup change. How about the closing, Renee, where um D'Lo starts both games, doesn't close either of those games, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's, that's interesting too, right? So I think Darwin's kind of finding that he has to stagger these guards, at least for now, until you know Vando maybe comes back. Maybe well, Gabe will see. Um, Gabe obviously wasn't playing well when when he was there shooting wise, but yeah, I think that's interesting too, right? Where we're kind of having one of them out there. Um, because so that you don't have to make up so much on the defensive end. You have Cam, Torian. Can I, I keep beating this drum, Manet. I just think like Torian moving to the two, it just stabilizes your team in a way yeah. where it just feels like he's in a better role. He still shoots too many like where like Torian, there's a hand in your face still. Like I, <laughs> you're not actually open, but you know it's fine. That's the type of shots he takes. He had an yeah. awesome like uh, sprinting you know, layup at the end of the Portland game. But um, yeah, I, I just think like it just puts the team in a little bit better of a position. And D'Lo looks like he's been an awesome teammate to give, you know, him credit. He's been standing up, cheering yep. on the bench during, you know, during the the fourth quarter. Awesome game last night against Portland. I don't even think he touched the floor in the fourth quarter. 
I had that correct. I, I said I said this on your watch playback during the Portland game. It's nice to see a Russell in a Laker jersey get get some love for supporting his teammates. <laughs> it's, it's real nice. Past three years have been a little rough, but it's you know it's good to see those Russell turn, guys. Uh, but going, Russells, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. So so like we should we should give him credit. Like um, D'Lo, past two games, I think the stat got put out. I think Lakers account put the stat out. It might have been one of those aggregators that um, he's had like twenty. He's like twenty assists to two mm-hmm. turnovers in the past two games and yeah he's been really good with the ball he's been he has thrown some excellent entry passes Oof. to ad dude and mm-hmm. and he i clipped one from the portland game where Rui, um you know Rui got the start for braun you and i have said over and over again that yep. Rui is the direct sub for braun all the stuff you mm-hmm. run for braun outside of you know like the you know him like creating for his teammates like playing point guard mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. they should be, you should give him let, let Rui do it the post-up action stuff let Rui do it because he, he he can score out of that action and Rui had a nice seal on i think it was shading sharp or no it might have been matisse table and um oh he dilo throws this great and he's, he's doing it against against jeremy grant's like pressure ball pressure yep yeah and he does he does a little bit of you know dancing around with the ball and he gets his pass around jeremy grant who's a long wingspan you know not an easy guy to get a pass around and he he's just perfect like the, the synergy of the pass and Rui's seal that leads to the layup i was like that's just great that's just great basketball it's it's great iq and passing by d'lo and, it, and it's great um you know finishing by, by Rui. so it's just he's been excellent these past two games but there is that 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 question like He's not closing the games, um, and and that does mean something. What do you think is mm. going? What, what what do you think is the barometer? What what do you think Ham is looking at when he decides? Is he is he just saying, oh, you know what? I, I used him a lot more in the first, you know, the first three quarters. I, I want fresher legs in the fourth. Or is there something fundamentally that he's concerned about with Dilo, which is why he's not yeah. going to close games. I mean, last night I thought Skyler May is just kicked his butt in pick and roll you know what i mean and skylar mace goes like two miles an hour but absolute craft right it's almost like looking in the mirror for delo i mean i feel like delo should be able to guard these type of guards you know they're yeah. very um meticulous type of guards but skylar mace give him credit i thought he was cooking i thought that was part of it also again you just get the uptick and rebounding you put a little bit more size out there again i think this thing can happen where it could be no one's fault. Like Delo had an awesome game. He just did yeah. not close. And I think yeah. that's that's perfectly fine. I think that can happen with Austin too, right? Although, you know, in Sacramento, Austin wasn't playing well, wasn't shooting well. Um, but he got he was obviously put to the bench in that game. I just think like Darwin's kind of sees the holes in the team to where they need mm-hmm. rebounding, they need size. And without LeBron, especially too, right? So you have no LeBron on the floor. Um, I think they've closed with Rui as well, who is playing fantastic. Rui sneakily getting back to his form that we were hoping for uh threes aren't going at an entirely great rate yet he's not high volume on those but it looks like he's playing a little bit more bully ball like he's just becoming like the guy that we thought we paid this summer um but yeah like with D'Lo it's interesting I, I don't think there's like I thought he played well I thought it, his, obviously his turn assisted turnover is great I thought his shot profile is good too he's not hitting threes yet which I still think like I think we had like four threes I think Matisse Tybel had more threes than our whole team for yeah, a was, good stretch of that of that of that game. Um, so we'll when see he started time. making, yeah, when he started making threes, I was like, "Bro, we're gonna lose this game because this dude can't miss." It was so it's so random that like that he hit. I don't, I don't know. It's just something about when people you know play. The, I, I I know the story for for the folks that don't know, like like the behind the scenes thing about why role players go off against the Lakers is because agents 
around the league have historically told their clients that when you go and you play the Lakers, if you play like the best game you've ever played, you'll really get a lot of national <laughs> attention. I'm, I, I know this sounds hilarious. Roger's laughing, with, rightfully so. But this is a real thing. Like I've actually talked to people who have been former GMs and, and people who work in the industry. Like that is a thing. Like when you play the Lakers, agents like that, those are those dates are circled on, on these players' calendars because they know that they can make themselves a lot of money because the Laker games are almost always nationally televised. Yep. And that's and the point. We have the most insane fan base on social media, which means that if you're torching us or if you're playing terribly, we'll make fun of you. Or if you're torching us, we'll be, you know, you'll go viral or, or you'll be a yep. trending name just, just off the strength of us complaining about you or saying that, you know, you're some random role player. So that's a real thing. And that's why oh, guys sure. go off against us. So I, just, I, I, I know. Just, yeah, go ahead. I'm just laughing at like agents telling him like, Hey man, this one's on, this one's on national no, dude, TV. It's a, it's a real, yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> oh, you know, for, no, for sure. It's like, you know, like a football players, uh, Monday night football, prime time, mm. you know what I mean? Like you want to play your best game then. Cause you know, everybody will be, Oh, this is, best QB in the league or best wide receiver in the league or, you know, whatever position they play in. And so like, I've legit been told that like role players, all players mm -hmm. circle games against the Lakers, whether they're in town sure. or whether you go and play in Staples. I think that's the reason why, like when teams come to us, they just light us up inside Staples <laughs> and like, we're all like hella tense, you know, cause like our own fan base probably puts a lot of pressure on our own players. Sure, you know? sure. like, obviously we've seen that the past couple of years. Uh, and I think that's really what happens. So you have to like mm. the Lakers, like Rob and them. This is a, a crazy tangent, but Rob, like whatever he they use with free agents to like evaluate if they'd be a good free agent, they need to add like a line item to that criteria, which is like, is this guy like a psycho? Like, is this a guy who could like go mm. into a game? You know, what I mean, where there where there's like, if you lose the game, you're gonna die, and he's still gonna take the shot. You know, like take the last shot of the game. Like we need guys like that because that's the only way you can Ooh. survive being being this, you know a shooter in the Lakers jersey. This is an amazing segue because I was I was gonna I was gonna like continue this and we saw this right like I feel like Malik Beasley like yeah. shooter yeah. comes into the shooter like absolute like gunner you know a high volume good percentage three can't make wide open th shots when he gets here just <laughs> absolutely cannot hit he goes from a guy who had a i think like a 12 13 million dollar player option to a minimum signing in milwaukee right yeah because he couldn't hit open shots here and he was drilling them in, in minnesota um but hey i don't think people realize how bad this team is shooting right yeah. now they are absolutely abysmal um so nba.com like splits it by wide open and open shots so on wide open shots defender is six plus feet away the Lakers are 25th in the league. They're shooting 35% on wide open shots, right? Yeah. And just to give some example of like good teams, Dallas hits these at 46%. Denver's at 42. Minnesota, one seed right now, 42%. The Warriors hit these at 42. Miami, 41. Just to give you an idea what the top teams hit yeah. this shot at. You go to open shots. So you're still open, four, defender four to six feet away, a shot that an NBA player should be able to hit. Lakers are 27th. They're shooting 27% on open threes. And again, you go to the top of the key. Oklahoma City hits this at 40%. Boston hits it around 40 That's where the upside to me is still is in this team, is that we are absolutely giving away points. And that's why that claim was close, honestly, against Portland. Number one, Tybal and um, I forgot the center's name who just Oh, yeah, I don't, the backup that, center. I forgot what his yes, name was. Yeah. Who just did not care about the Lakers scouting report. He said, I'm going to fire every single time. I have nothing to lose. Um, and just 
does not care. So he, him, I think him he and, like Ju- and Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant got like super, oh super hot from on like the he had like a contested three over AD that went in. And I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on here, dude? <laughs> All this, of a sudden, this is this is where I think your theory proves right because I swear I watch Jeremy Grant on a daily basis and he just does not play this way but against the lakers like they showed yeah. his stats he's averaging like 28 a game against us in the last six games like jeremy's already got paid man you don't need to you don't need to show out um against the lakers but Raj, no, like, you you just mentioned a bunch of three-point stats and where we're ranked you know portland is ranked lower than us from <laughs> yes. as a three-point shooting team and they still have yes, made more threes like, I, I i don't know how to describe it. some voodoo some magic i don't know so, something something's mm-hmm. affecting our shooting uh, wide open right. shooting at least, but go ahead. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say like that's where the upside to me is still in this team is why I'm so excited. And obviously Gabe is not Gabe. By the way, like the the would you say like the voodoo stuff that's going on? Gabe Vincent one for sixteen from three to start the season. I mean, <laughs> no, dude, what is that? Like that's not just bad. That's like shooting blindfolded. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's really it's really. Strange. I think I, I think next time, tough shots. next next game I go to at Staples. <laughs> Cause I usually sit pretty close to the, like I, I try to get seats that are like, you know, close enough to the bench where I can yell at the players in nice things, not bad things, obviously. Uh, I'm going right. to bring some incense or something. I'm going to smuggle some in and I'm going to do the Kyrie thing. You're going to kind of like the, walk. The yeah. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to clean, cleanse whatever is going on. It, I don't know. Oh, I mean, my conspiracy, my, not my conspiracy. I think it's when they change it from staples to crypto, it's just been bad <laughs> ever since then. Mm. Like anything about it, it's just been bad. That's my, that's my nonsensical, uh theory behind why that sure. why that is the case but we we yeah i think you're right the, the upside is there if we can start knocking mm-hmm. these down at, at least at a league average dude that's what we're asking for if we're not even asking for top tier <laughs> just get league average and, and these games are not single digit games anymore they start turning into no. lots in, in in the league's it- favor exactly and that's again why i think we saw this lineup change right these these our guards are just not hitting shots and we we talked about it before this is an offensive linea team this was supposed to be one of the better offensive teams and they just have not shot the ball well torian is up and down delo austin obviously delo shooting Renee, like 28 percent from three you know what i mean like it's just yeah as as streaky as he is that's just uncharacteristic of him um austin obviously started off the season shooting slow his threes are starting to get back. I don't know if you see the lift on his shots. Vinay, it looks a lot cleaner. He's yep. starting to look more confident. Had a long three against um, Portland to kind of ice it last night, put us up like seven. His jumper's starting to come around. But until that happens, um, I understand going defense first. And look, if Cam's going to be able to shoot threes, mm-hmm. I mean, that just it changes the whole reflection to me of this team. Five threes against Phoenix. I think he hit one. He only hit that transition one last night. Um, but yeah, this, this team has to shoot better. Uh, you, you're just not gonna win many games. Uh, they, I only think they only took like 15 at halftime or something. Like they were just, there was a concerted effort to get to the rim last night. So I understand yeah. that Portland has no rim pressure, no rim, uh, no rim protector other than Aiden, who's yeah. uh, looks miserable in in Portland. But yeah. but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So you know. The- I, I think, you know, there is there is also some, like, variance in how Austin likes to score, um, mm-hmm. which is why Ham goes with them towards the end of the games. Like, D'Lo, he, he's not a guy who will really put pressure on the rim or who will attack the rim, uh, like, sure. all the way to the rim. He, he'll, he does take the take that, you know, off take that mid-range shot and whatnot. So I think I think that's also one of the reasons why Ham kind of goes with D, uh, Austin to close some of those games. But, you know, he, he's been pushing the right buttons as of late. So, you know, especially with this live change, I think he's kind of earned himself 
um, a lot of equity in that standpoint. There is some, the, the sample size of the data is small, but there is positive data that that, air, that there is behind the line of change, right? So the, the D'Angelo Russell, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, 24 possessions plus 12 net rating. Mm. That would have been pretty much all uh, from the Suns game, which is a team that gave us a lot of trouble. So that's even with us being down 10 points or whatever, however many points we were at the end of the first quarter, like um, that, you know, that was still pretty, um, that, that was a pretty effective starting lineup. And then when we actually flip it and, and take a look at swapping D'Lo out for, um, swapping D'Lo out for, uh, sorry, for Austin, those numbers mm -hmm. continue to be good. Um, and even if we don't have AD on the floor, Austin Reeves, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, LeBron James, Christian Wood, 26 possessions plus 30 net mm -hmm. rating. Again, small sample size, but still good to see that sort of stuff happening. So you can see how like the fit and and playing yeah. guys who have very specific purposes um, is is really helping the team out. So it's good to see that um, in these past few games. There is actually something I do want to talk to you about, uh, which I've seen kind of grumbling around the timeline um, these mm. past two games, and I think it warrants a basketball discussion, which is this conversation about you know Delo has played fantastic. He's, he's, he's scoring out of pick and roll actions, but I think mm -hmm. there is a, I don't want to say there's a gap in knowledge, but I think there's a blind spot when Laker fans are watching what happens in those pick and roll coverages. And I think one of the things that, the, that some, some fans, not all fans, some fans have a blind spot about, which results in them getting upset with AD's aggression is they don't realize that teams are trying to wipe out those passing lanes to Anthony Davis. So the Suns were doing this exceptionally well. If you rewatch those possessions, the reason why D'Lo gets some of these jumpers off, even though he's going into the heart of the defense, is because Grayson Allen, who was guarding D'Lo at the time, and, and Nurkic, who was guarding AD, they're waiting to see if he's going to throw that pass to AD so they can pounce on him, basically, or they can try and mm -hmm. deflect the pass or steal it or whatever it was. So there was a lot of possessions where that sort of stuff happened. D'Lo had a great start to that Suns game. Um, and he had a solid, you know, he was playing solid with AD on the floor scoring out of those possessions. I think there's a um I think there's a misunderstanding or there's there's just like a little bit of a blind spot I think fans have sometimes when they don't realize because we're we're not on the floor, right? You wouldn't sure. see it unless you're the player himself with the ball in his hands. But very often guys like Delo, guys like Austin, they have to decide whether they need to call their own number or or force a pass to Anthony mm -hmm. Davis. And you don't have to look much farther than what we had the past two seasons. A lot of times people will get upset at Russ for throwing certain passes to AD and trying to force them because they would turn it into turnovers. But that was his decision-making. Like he thought that he can make that pass, but that's a decision that he has to make. I think D'Lo and Austin are a little bit more safe when they, when they make those decisions. They'll, they'll, they'll just take the shot. You know, they won't try to force a pass unless, you know, uh, or, or try to go too creatively to do it. But as a result, I think fans are getting a little upset with AD about his aggression and pick and roll uh, on his pick and roll rim running. When in reality, mm. he's doing his job, which is I'm keeping Nurkic occupied. So he can't, he can't stop you at the rim. It's up to D'Lo. It's up to Austin. It's up to Cam Reddish who did it in the Portland game twice uh, to mm -hmm. use that screen and attack, attack the attack yeah. the rim. Talk to me about that dance, like that mm. tango that, that the point guard and AD or the ball handler and AD have to do and, and how that yeah. affects uh, yeah, it's interesting because I think teams are obviously going to overcompensate for AD's role, right? That That's the main takeaway is take away AD, roll into the basket. They'll send extra help. It's why the open shots are so important that Torian, Rui, whether it's Cam, D'Lo, Austin, LeBron are able to 
kind of widen that, lessen that pressure a little bit to where he can dominate. We should also mention, I mean, AD had 30, 13, six assists, four blocks in 41 minutes against Portland last mm-hmm. night. It was absolute, absolute monster took over um, in the second half. Yeah, it's tough because I think when D'Lo and Austin come off of that, Vinay, they're told you shoot, you see space, you shoot, right? That and that's the shot they that they're going to take, and sometimes that leads to that's a that's the not to use an analytical term, but like the most inefficient shot in basketball, right? It's like the mm-hmm. mid range pull up. The guys who hit that are you have to hit that at like a Chris Paul in his prime level. Just a side note, Vinay, it's weird watching Chris Paul unable to like punish switches, like yeah. watching Warriors games and teams willy nilly switch on him, and he just. Can't get a basket over Colin Anthony Towns. Sorry. And then, and then, again, yeah. enough of Chris Paul. But like, yeah, yeah like I mean, I'm, I'm celebrating his downfall. So I'm, oh, I know. You won't, you <laughs> won't feel to get any empathy for me, but go for it. Go ahead. You, 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 you prayed for it. Yes. <laughs> no, it's a little different on your end. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think that's what Nan said, Austin and D And I think D better at just those pocket passes and knowing yeah. how to like and, and splitting those. And last night, I mean, Portland's just a bad defense. Aiden is just a terrible pick. I, I think this is out of choice other than, other than, like his actual ability, but like yeah. watch Aiden in a pick and roll defense. That pocket is wide. Like you could fit two yeah. bodies in the middle of that. And D'Lo just quickly bounces that Jackson Hayes, please dunk the ball. Like just yeah. a two hand dunk sometimes, yeah. but yeah, like D'Lo was throwing that nice. Um, I think Austin is better when he runs it from the wing. Like I think in the middle of the floor, it's just too many. You talked about the decisions and simplifying them. I just think with Austin, when you run a pick and roll in the middle of the floor, it's just too many reads for him to come through on the wing. It's very easy. It's either a lob to AD right because it's an empty, empty action, or it's him drifting left, shooting right, right, and it's kind of in flow for him. It's a little bit better, but yeah, it is tough. I do think like that's on AD, that's on Darwin, that's on the guards to make sure he doesn't get lost in the yeah. office, to make sure he's able to continue to touch the ball and not just for him to score. Um, got six assists last night. And Portland's yeah. not a great defensive team, but I think like, I mean, maybe he he doesn't get six, but like four to five, like he can live at that range. He should have he should have more than enough pressure on the defense to draw two, where he's getting two or three assists out of kickouts, out of cuts. Right, Jokic is getting sixteen out of these, but like just like yeah. get like if you can get if eighty can get like four or five, I think that just opens the offense and allows him to touch the ball, allows him to just have a rhythm offensively. I think it's really tough when we just ask players to have the world on their hands defensively and not involve them at all in offense. And that's just, yeah. it's a tough place to be. It's also why like, it's interesting not to connect this to cam, but cam Reddish getting all the praise defensively. Vinay, I feel like opens his offensive game up in a strange yeah, way. Like it, yeah. like it just gives him this confidence. So it's cool to watch with him, but yeah, with AD and with D and Austin, and even with LeBron, like that's on all them. And it's on the coverage as well. I think when teams switch against our guards, we struggle. Um, we're going one-on-one against switches and that's just not who Austin is. That's not who D'Lo is, yep. but that's who AD is. Like you, he let him punish switches, let Christian Wood punish switches. That's what they do. Let, yep. let Rui punish switches. And I think that's a nice counter we had against Portland. So see if that continues, but you're right. It's a delicate dance between how many times you hit the pocket, how many times you take the open midi, how many times like you probe, you know, or snake the pick and roll. It's, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, that's not just yeah, feed eighty the ball fifty million times and, and hope it works. Yeah, it, it's it's you know, and then when you have different different ball handlers doing like sort of the equal opportunity offense, like mm-hmm. it, the, the mm-hmm. reads are always different. So for AD, it's he has to make 
he also is trying to adjust to what his what the ball handler is trying to do, right? So mm. um, the Portland game, you see Cam use AD screen, go right to the rim. So he's making the decision for AD, basically. He's saying, I'm going to go and try and score this. And he had some nice finishes over D. I think one was over DeAndre Aiden. He had the, his first one was like this one-handed uh, bank shot floater or something like that that he took off of one oh, play. Yeah. It looked really good. Um, and then, you know, he, he had some other plays too as well. So you get more players who are more deliberate like that. But when you get guys like D'Lo or guys like Austin who are a little more herky-jerky in open space, they don't clearly decide exactly what they want to do because, you know, that's just how they are. It makes things a little bit tricky. Same, like, Braun is not like that. Braun is – you'll know what he wants to do based on what he goes on, whether he's going to, uh, you know, uh, jail the guy from behind and then, you know, finish the Spain, the Spain PNR, whatever it's going to be. Or if he just wants to go, you know, full bulldozer, um, you know, freight train right to the rim off the screen, you, you'll know what the, it's mm-hmm. very clear to see what he wants to do. Um, but for AD, he has to, he has to wait and see what the ball handler has to dictate. And I think there's this, um, there is this, I don't want to say illusion, but there's this like thought process that the rim runner decides how the pick and roll c- coverage is going to go. And sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes it is the ball handler that decides what that pick and roll is going to look like mainly because of how the big man is defending him um, and the, the defense itself dictates so much of it. So I think a lot, I think some people have been a little upset with AD. Um, I don't know if I could be upset about it, uh, upset on him because if you look at the numbers at the end of the day, he, dude, he's, he's, he's putting up crazy numbers. I, I think you were mentioning it on your watch playback, like outside of the second quarter of that Denver game. And mm-hmm. I forgot what the other game was that you mentioned, like one game he's been, he's, he's averaging like 30 a game right now, like 30, yeah, no. 30 points, 12, 12 plus rebounds. Like these are like MVP caliber numbers that he's been putting up. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it's a little, um, well, I, I think, like, I think the, I think the responsibility he does have, and I don't know, I don't know if this is just, he's being told to do this to uh, like conserve his body or to not like take contact. By the way, he took a charge, right? I think in this, in the last game, just not sure I want AD taking full form charges from I forget, I think it was Shaden Sharp going like full speed at, at him. But in any case, like, I think he does have to screen better sometimes. Like he slips mm-hmm. a lot of picks. He just does not set them right. And I don't know if that's scheme, if that's he's being told to slip, just don't get as much, don't get contact. But that's something he can't control. Yeah. Uh, like and I think it goes the other way too, right? Sometimes a guard will get or um a guard will not create any separation. And it's like the big didn't set a screen. He he slipped it. Kuz used to slip every screen. I remember Kuz yeah. would never, because he thought that was the quickest way to get the ball. But like, <laughs> he knew how. To, I think he knew how to screen. He's, that was just his decision. But like, you know, and it goes the other way too, right? Sometimes AD gets moving screens where it's on the guard who went too quick. So that that, that happens. But I do think that's a part he can control. Set a couple better screens, um, and I think that helps your offense overall. Uh, when we are a very much screen heavy kind of offense, um, not a lot of isolation from our guards in terms of beating you off the dribble and rim pressure, which I think again, that's something that Cam strangely brings. Like he attacks the basket with a little bit of ferocity, and and he mixes in some skill. And you just see like the tantalizing talent that a lot of people um, have took a chance on. And yeah. uh, he looks looks like looks like he's in a good place. Yeah, for for Cam, I like the first thing I did as soon as the the tape was available, I clipped three of his possessions where he literally yeah. caught the ball and he immediately attacked the rim. And I remember you and I were talking about this. We we're like, dude, Cam is just like, he's a talented player. You could just tell that there's like the processing. There's like something he's like green careful. You could tell his mm. jumper was off because he was like very, like he, like you said, he didn't want to shoot the ball. 
So he was literally yeah. shooting it like a guy who doesn't want to shoot the ball, which is why they look so bad coming out of his hand. But this Portland game, um, you know, I, I think the Suns game definitely built confidence for him, you know, hitting hitting those threes um, to, to end that game. But the Portland game looked like everything, like his brain just went back to normal. Mm. You know, like, that's the only way I can describe what it is. Because I've seen him do this stuff for Atlanta. I've seen him do some of this stuff for New York. He had the play off the long rebound where he finished on two Portland Trailblazers. Uh, in yeah. transition. I've seen him do that as a New York Nick in transition because he's a long, rangy guy who know, who has good feet, can use mm-hmm. the Euro, can, can move the ball around so guys can't block him. It's a very Paul George-esque sort of play, yeah. the guy that he's always been getting comp to. Um, and he made that play. And then I'm watching these the 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 clip that the um the plays I clipped, these are straight line drives off of just he's beating guys right off the closeout, like right off the hip. Mm-hmm. And this is not like him dancing around to try and beat you with it with like a really sexy dribble combination or something like that. No, just what? Oh, your hip is open here, or your feet aren't square, your hips aren't square. Okay, I'm just gonna attack this way, or you're just barely turning around from the rotation that you're trying to make. Oh, I'm just gonna go this way. And he gets himself really easy quality looks, and uh, he finished the first one with a dunk, and then the yeah. other ones he was just he was just finishing well. So it's just I, I think something has clicked with him. What have you seen? Like, can you see the confidence kind of in him oh, now? Like, like kind of showing up. The confidence is oozing out. I mean, you could just see it dripping from him. Like, he, compare that Vinay to like his preseason games. You know, where it felt like a deer in headlights, kind of unsure mm-hmm. where to be, unsure what his role is. Am I supposed to be Reddish of like duke or am i supposed to be like this role player who's very passive and kind of just stands in the corner and i think he's really found a nice blend for him Mm -hmm. and his defense like he mirrors the offensive player as well as i've like seen wings do like Mm -hmm. and he does a good job where he's not really reaching but his arms are so long to where he's kind of just he makes you uh kind of think about crossing over right Mm -hmm. like because they teach you you keep the hand to protect against the cross. The other ones kind of mirrors the ball. And he does a really good job of that watching like his feet, like his feet kind of mirror when he was guarding KD and guarding Paul George. And I don't know if he's that type of defender. It's it's early, but he seems like a really intelligent, talented defensive player. My qu- question to you is like, what about this is, cause obviously he's been the talk of the team. What about this is not sustainable for him? Do you think like, cause obviously he's not going to, scoring double digits every game he's not yeah but the defense to me should be consistent like like yeah it be what keeps him on the floor and it looks like he's internalized and uh identified that as his role on this team and and i think the more the team wins the more that gets internalized right when you're yeah. winning you you kind of internalize whatever you're doing as successful when you're able to consistently do it i think the defense should be there i'm just like what about the offense to to you is like unsustainable for this team or is this something you would kind of expect for him to kind of be able to do as the season goes on. Yeah. So I, I think, I think um, Cam strikes me as a rhythm player. He's uh, mm. the, the euphemism that people no, not the euphemism, dysphemism, because that's the opposite of euphemism, the, the negative way that people describe. So I like to use the word rhythm player because a lot of basketball players are rhythm players. They need sure. to touch the ball. They need to dribble the ball around. They need to do stuff with it in order for them to be successful and, and, and to get into the game. And I think Cam is a rhythm player. He's not a Clay Thompson type. He's not a Buddy Heel type. Just comes in and just starts chucking Malik Beasley yeah. type, where he just touches it two, three times, and then now he can just, you know, make a bunch of threes as long as they're not in Laker jerseys, obviously. Um, but like <laughs> Cam requires rhythm, and the, and the negative way that the the dysphemism for people who are rhythm players 
is people call them volume scores, right? And sure. so that's that's the common term that people use. So I think the the only thing that's probably not sustainable for him is going to be his rhythm score. So you may not get like some of those sure. tough shots that he made last game. You may not get those opportunities because when Braun comes back, those shots may not be there. More more of his shots may be catch and shoot threes. So mm. when the shot uh, the shot variation changes because Braun is playing and Delo is playing and he has to stand in the corner and just run his corners, that may not look good. So the offense, mm. I don't know how sustainable it is, not because he's not talented, but because he may not get the opportunities to build the rhythm that he needs um, when, when all of our guys are healthy. Uh, but I'm, a, I'm with you 100%, dude. He's a great defensive player. His, he's got, his hands are like his hands and his antip- anticipation to strip the ball yeah. is really good, dude. Like it's, I've seen this Portland game. I mean, there's a couple times where like <clears throat> somebody was driving in traffic and he strips the guy clean. Yep. It was so good that the deep, the offensive player is not even complaining about like, <laughs> right, right. like no, he stripped me and just went out of bounds. So it's just like Cam's anticipation on that, um, like his technical ability to use his hands. This is a Paul George thing. Paul George, if you've ever watched, the reason why he's gotten all defensive consideration, he plays, he anticipates passing lanes really well. We already know Cam does that. Paul George is also in his prime, I would say, was incredibly good at anticipating guys who were trying to cross him over, try to use a specific mm-hmm. dribble to get by him and, you know, pick it away, pick, pick pockets and all that sort of stuff. And Cam, and, and Paul was really good at stripping guys, like as yeah. they drove the lane. He's done it to LeBron before. He absorbs a body collision, but then gets his hands right right where the gather is and strips the ball right out of the hands, out of bounds, you know, off the offensive player. So, like, yeah, I think that's certainly sustainable. I don't see, I don't see any any reason. I, I, you know what? What one of my favorite plays? It just it hit my mind. Um, in the Suns game, it's a late game situation in the fourth quarter. They inbounds the ball to Kevin Durant, and Kev turns to like kind of face up Cam, or or the pass yeah. is getting to Kev. And it's already a shorter shot clock. Cam immediately deflects the ball. Like he like he mm. doesn't even let Kev catch it clean. And it goes into the backcourt and Kev has to go retrieve it, come back. Now you've wasted more seconds. So whatever set mm. they were planning on running is now gone. You have to go to the Kevin Durant ISO, which is still probably one of the best plays in basketball. But like stuff like the disruption stuff. Like we without Vanda, we don't have a disruption guy. And Cam is filling that role in a really, really great way. And 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 I think. That that's certainly valuable to this team, I think, um, and I think that can be that's something that can stick long term. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm interested what it is when the full. Ro- I just want to see the full rotation once. You know, like I, we're just, we'll get into the Vando stuff. I'm sure later in terms of what the news came out, but just like mm-hmm. envisioning him and Vando together. Speaking on the Suns game, another play. I think KD was like turning to pass, and Cam just caught it. Like just jumped up and just, you know, reactionary you have to be to pick KD like right at the top. KD was just throwing a regular pass and Cam jumps up and two hands swipes it um, and goes the other way. Um, And the play you're talking about as well, KD, they just left him. They had a they were running uh, KD flat right where it was just you know like a one four flat except they were stretched out stretched out to the wings and they had like Cam by himself. And this was like a close game. I think it was like two point game. KD yeah. drives left. He forces him to take a one legged, contested floater. And it's Kevin Durant, so obviously these are shots that he's able to, you know, still hit at a high rate. But he had a good contest. Made KD change his shot, and it's just impressive. And you, you speak about the Paul George one against the Clippers. It's just 
very fortunate to, you know, have Cam just fill in for Vando um, on a team that desperately kind of needs what his skill sets is. And you can see it all over his face. I know this pod has become a Cam Reddish kind of um, uh, ceremonial yeah. conversation, but like you see it all over his face. And there was a play where like he hit the three and him and Austin are kind of, um, you know, celebrating. It, it's cool to watch a guy kind of fill his role. And there's a lot of guys like this, right? Like you get into better situations. Wiggins was the extreme, but like he goes to a, an organi- organization that's serious and mm-hmm. he hasn't played well this year, but like you just see the kind of the professionalism come out and able to kind of fill a role that, that makes sense for him. And you can see this happen around the league. So hopefully this is it for Cam. It's only been two games, but it's exciting, man, to have another young like prospect with this much length and, you know, skill uh, that hasn't really been tapped into yet by any other team. Yeah, and, he, and he's from the same draft that Rui Hachimura was part of. So it's not mm. as if like he's some guy who's like you know been around the league for ten years or something like that. It's it's certainly a a guy who has the opportunity to to definitely still carve a career out for himself. And we've seen Rui do that for himself and over the course of a half a season and the playoffs, earn himself you know a, a pretty lucrative contract uh, extension. Uh, let us talk about Rui for a second because mm. there. You and I have been trying to figure out why Rui is not getting more minutes. And, you know, one of the things I think I've said pretty openly is I think Christian Wood is eating Rui's minutes. And mm. I think the reason why he's eating Rui's minutes is because they want another big to play next to AD. I think AD prefers that. That's why Christian Wood is playing those minutes because he can grab Rui's. And certainly Christian Wood has performed, like, admirably. Like, the first Suns game, plays great defense. KD definitely took that personally the second time around because mm-hmm. he was going out of his way to, to I, I think he was talking to the Lakers bench when Christian Wood was on him. And I think Katie went on like this little run <laughs> of his own. He was talking trash to everybody on our bench, um, you know, competitively or whatever, not, not like, you know, sure. he's a, yeah, uh, that form. Um, so I think Katie took that to heart. So that was cool. That was nice to see, but uh, I, I, the Rui got more minutes, you know, Rui helps spark him and him and Wood played together, but, he helped spark plug with his activity, his yep. hustle and defensive activity. Um, Rui also in the Portland game threw an entry pass to AD with Jeremy Grant on him. Jeremy Grant mm. was on Rui and immediately cut to the rim. And yeah. it was like a giant bullseye for AD to, to drop that pass, which he does. Rui finishes with a layup. Rui also has a play where I think AD took a fadeaway jumper towards the end of the game. Might have been like a three or four point game. Rui comes from that way and tips it in. So it's just like that level of activity is great to see out of Rui. But my question to you is why is Rui not getting, we've got 10 games now and now he's starting to get more minutes. Why was Rui not getting more minutes to start the season? Why, why is it like all of a sudden he started getting more minutes? Yeah. I mean, he also missed a few games and I thought, you know, he started off the season. uh, He started off the season, like he was told, co-average 20 you know what I mean? yeah. like it like it very much felt like oh i have to i have to shoot when i touch the ball like i don't know when i'm gonna touch the ball again like this is i have to go shoot and uh i just don't think that was a good headspace for him and he wasn't doing all the other stuff either right i thought he wasn't rebounding well i thought he wasn't defending well last two games he's been a monster on mm-hmm. defense he's been a def- he's been a rebounding force he's a huge dude one of the bigger like size guys on the team and i think it's important for him to be a force inside I love his like he had a play I haven't clipped it yet but um I think it was I think it was the Portland game where like he drove and he had like a nice kickout pass I forgot I think it was to D'Lo but like you can see him kind of driving and kicking a little bit more I like the bully ball stuff that's coming in he's getting to the line one of our dudes that 
again, we don't have a lot of guys who like put pressure on the rim and get to the free throw line enough other than AD and LeBron and LeBron, we know doesn't get the requisite calls probably that he should AD yeah. does get to the line, but um, yeah, really another guy that we can just like, that's where you can pick up cheap points to me where he, he, he has enough size and he's going to have enough mismatches to me. Vinay. Like if they're going to switch all these actions, if they're going to live with smaller dudes guarding him because they have to put another bigger guy on AD and LeBron, we should be able to eat in those. And you talked about the isolation plays that were running for him, get him in a rhythm. I hope we use him more as a screener. I think like that's a place we can really explore. Um, again, our guards, they like to switch and Rui's mm-hmm. a guy that can just seal you. I think you talked about the D play where like he got a nice seal and D yeah. hit him. I think that's stuff that they can kind of build on as the season goes on. But I think like his defensive um, attention and awareness and just effort and um, kind of the passion that he played with on that, that end is, was a much better. I thought against Portland, he was really solid on Jeremy Grant uh, who hit some tough shots, but I thought he was good. And, Again, when you go out with just random injuries this year, but I mean, he had a concussion like for three games off of some random play in Sacramento. So we missed Rui for three games out of that somehow. Um, But uh, yeah, it's nice to have him back. He looks like he's back in a comfortable rhythm. And without LeBron, he should be like filling that scoring void. And he did had like 17 points, I think. Um, Six for 10 from the field. He's been hitting some timely threes some timely wing threes and um, mm-hmm. he's played, he's played well. It looks like he's rounding into midseason form. What, what have you seen, seen from Rudy? Yeah. I think he's very self, like he's been very quick to like reflect on his shot selection. Like It seems like mm-hmm. if he takes a three and it doesn't like, you can kind of tell when he shoots it, whether he feels good about that yeah. shot or not. Like you can just tell just by the way he shoots it. I don't know how to explain it. Like it's just, just on, on watching him. I can tell, <laughs> but if he takes like a shot, if he takes like a three, that doesn't look good. He he doesn't abandon it completely, but he won't take that shot again. Like he'll. Mm. So what I think my favorite play was the, the which was one of the most annoying ones to watch was the drive on Jeremy Grant where Jeremy Grant falls backwards and then they try to challenge the play to take it out right, of the right, charge, right. and he ends up just getting two free throws. They wave off the end one, but that was a play where he certainly could have. Like and Grant isn't a slouch defensively. Like he, he's certainly a, mm. a capable de- defender, um, and. He and Rui certainly had the opportunity at any point in the game to just set for jump shots. And that that possession specifically, I liked it because he was like, no, I'm going, there's nobody behind you. If I get through you, this is a layup for me. And he was like, that's what I'm going to do. And he's very reflective in that manner because it's very easy mm-hmm. for a player like him because he, he does have that mid-range, he does practice it, where he could just keep trying to pull up. And then, you know, he could walk away from the game and say, oh, I guess it just wasn't my night. And, and, you know, maybe the next game he'll, he'll make those shots. But he's not settling. And I think that part is really cool because that is something that this team certainly needs, especially when Braun is out. Like, one mm-hmm. of the things that we've talked about is, I think this has been sort of a topic on, like, Lakers Twitter and stuff like that, um, like this rim pressure conversation that everybody has. I, As an aside, I just want to say, I'm very happy that people talk about rim pressure so much. I feel like that that term has grown very significantly in the past <laughs> couple of years because I very distinctly remember you and I doing a space, I would say maybe about two years ago, where we talked about, hey, the importance of rim pressure and having a guard who can actually get to the rim um, because then it, it lessens the burden on, on a guy like LeBron. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But like, I think really replicating that for the Lakers is important. Because D'Lo is not a rim pressure guard. Austin's not a rim pressure guard. Uh, Gabe is not a rim pressure guard. These are all jump shooters. And 
if yeah. you if you don't have somebody, at least one person who's willing to drive to the rim, you know, eight to ten times total for for the entire game. It doesn't have to be twenty like Shea Gilgis Alexander or you know like Trey Young or something like that, but just somebody who can keep the defense honest. Like that that makes a huge difference for how defenses cover you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and how, whether they want to load up on you or not. And um, I think that part is really good. Like I, I think Rui not just turning into a jump shooter. No, no, no. I'm going to post this guy up. I'm going to run down and transition super hard, get a mismatch on a guard, and you're going to have to throw it. In, it's you have to throw it to me in the post because I'm doing such. You know, I'm, Rui doesn't like sneak into those those shots. No. shots. He's like very. You you could see him. You'll be like. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe AD doesn't do it enough. Like AD doesn't like make a huge scene like dude i'm wide open like give me the ball but Rui does Rui will throw his hands up he's like flagging down an airplane like that that's what it mm-hmm. looks like and um I, I think that's great and and i think that's certainly something that the lakers are going to need for whenever braun misses games like you want the guy who can replicate some of some of that room pressure stuff that braun does yeah. um and so so I, i'm glad to see him back back to form yeah me too i i think he has a he uh, sometimes like i think er- also earlier in the year he was over penetrating right I, I also think he told himself i'm not just a jump shooter i can get to the rim and like i think at times like he just over penetrated and uh I, I think he's doing a better job also looking for the kick out i think he's doing a better job kind of playmaking he's never going to be an above average passer but you don't have to be on this team you drive to the rim you draw two And whoever's out there with you um and that's where like i think the five out helps with him as well but yeah i think Rui's played well and uh, i'm excited to see him and hopefully you get vando back and get the second unit kind of back together as as it was envisioned but it was good to see him like get back to it because a little worried worrisome to start the season but it was like oh man this guy was uh shadowing lebron for <laughs> for three months and uh came back to try and be lebron oh, it just didn't worst player <laughs> yeah. or, or a less efficient player i was like okay i don't know what's going on here but yeah, yeah so, so you mentioned it you know that vando um looks like he's on his way back we did get an update today um with and and the way that it was said is that he's been cleared to progress back to being uh, a normal you know back to normal basketball activities which is basically code for any Laker fan that doesn't know now that he's probably still a couple of weeks away because right. what they'll do is they'll give us updates. Bando is playing and participating in three on threes, yep. five on fives, you know, regular reps, whatever it is. So it, they're still slowly bringing him back. I, I don't know the severity of what his injury was, but the Lakers have always been pretty cautious about it. I think it was sort of funny that I think, uh, I think online I saw, I think maybe the Lakers visited a hospital or something like that. So everybody oh, was yeah, dressed yeah, yeah. like doctors. <laughs> So my, the group chat my brother sent it he's like this is why the lakers take so long to get back <laughs> they got their own players diagnosed it's <laughs> a stupid joke but uh, anyway christian, christian wood posted like would you trust me and everyone's like no <laughs> i was going to retweet that but i know he's on twitter i don't want him to see it i was gonna be like this is this guy's misdiagnosing his teammates so he gets more <laughs> Oh, that would be hell's crazy cynical. Yeah. Oh. Man, no, you're out another two months, man. Don't don't you oh, worry. Man. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> Anyways, so so the actual update is uh Jared Vanderbilt, uh the ex exact language uh from Mike Trudell's uh tweet is yeah, Jared Vanderbilt was reevaluated by the Lakers team doctors and has been cleared to begin a return to play progression, which is where that yeah. three on three, then five and five, that sort of thing comes up. 
and the further further updates will be provided as appropriate. So, you know, great news. He he is alive. He his leg <laughs> didn't need to be amputated. Um, and and you know, it, it, it it's great to potentially get somebody back, hopefully sooner than later. Um, I think you know when I thought about it, uh, we were having this discussion. Like, I think they'll probably ramp up his in in game minutes before they decide to roll. Like, I would be a little surprised if they ramped them up to the point where they're like, oh no, he's starting again immediately. I could certainly see them just yeah. letting him come off the bench, play one of those wing roles, you know, like the the Max Christie minutes or whatever it's been. Let Vando yeah. get some of those minutes uh, next to Austin and whatnot. Um, and then, like you said, like. If it's not broken, there's really no reason to fix it. You know, like if, if this Cam, Torian, Braun, AD, and and D'Lo thing continues to be fruitful, mm-hmm. I don't see a reason for them to do it. Just have a kick-ass bench that 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 just that just runs over uh, other other teams' benches, and everybody will be happy. The best part about this is the money part is gone. Like Vando sure. got his extension, and that is such a huge part of cleaning up some of this stuff once you get your money and you're not in a contract situation you don't care about the minutes i mean you do care about the minutes because you want to be competitive some of you guys really do care but that is a big part of like why you want the minutes and and you know hopefully yep. that he seems like a really you know team-oriented guy um so i, I oh, think yeah. i don't think you'll have any issues with with it being wrapping up ramping up that way oh yeah for sure I, you know cam sticks out like a sore thumb because he just does stuff that no one else does mm-hmm. so vando does that's why he gets paid like i say this all the time Vinay. vando got a 15 million y'all 15 million dollar a year deal guy who can't shoot mm-hmm. guy who doesn't finish well if you don't do those two things you must be extremely good at the other stuff right you yeah. must rebound really well you must be a pl- above average way above average defender you must be a super hustle guy and he fills all those roles and that's why cam is coming out like this light in a dark room because oh man there it is like that's what we missed torian i think tries to do that he just just not a good rebounder he's just not like um enabled in that type of way um but yeah i think that's where vando will will really help this team so hopefully he comes back soon it's good that he doesn't really have an offensive burden right so mm-hmm. vando doesn't have to come back and run pick and rolls he doesn't have to come back and be a above average shooter doesn't have to you'd like him to finish a little bit better but he can just come in and play his role and uh, i think that's a much easier way for a guy to come back than have to come back and like oh he's our backup point guard where you have to like really right. reassimilate him right and have him get comfortable with all the other guys and it's like no vando could just go out there and cause havoc for a second unit that desperately needs his um his help and i think christian wood's been been fine but i I just think there's defensive concerns still with him um jackson hayes most athletic player who i I just think jackson has some decision making kind of questions with him so it's be nice to throw to have vando as an option as the as a backup forward that you can throw on defensive wings and just very malleable to to a lot of different lineups so get get vando get a good update to to hear he's back on back on the basketball floor basically yeah, definitely. Um, it, it'll be good to get the bodies back. Eventually, Gabe will get back. Mm-hmm. Jackson's already back from the ankle sprain, so that's also good to see. Um, and then Lakers got to win. You know, they they, they got to win with and and Braun was able to, to to get a game of rest. So the subsections, the factions within uh, the tribes within Lakers, the, <laughs> the Lakers fan base cannot be at each at each other's throats because the Lakers have lost that game. Then we know what would have happened there and. Um, you know, I still see some people uh, a little annoyed about the quality of the win, but look, it's November mm. and like, uh, you know, 
it's just some of these guys, they're still kind of getting into it. And this is not just the Lakers thing. This is a league-wide thing. Um, when the first two, three weeks of the season is also like the weirdest part of the season because teams yeah. who have no business winning are winning games. And then the, the ownership is just, then the ownership makes the call to the coaches like, yo, what are you doing? Like we're trying to get, you know, XYZ player. And all of a sudden teams start, you know, very obviously tanking and stuff like that once Christmas uh, rolls around. Um, that being said, uh, I did have one general NBA thing that I want to talk uh, talk to you about sure. before. Because um, I, I think we've, we've pretty much covered everything. Um, there was an infographic that was shared today that around the same time period, so from the start of the season up until now, the mm-hmm. ratings, the viewership ratings have gone up 55% compared to prior years, namely because of the in-season tournament. Raj, mm. I am shocked that that number is that high. The in-season <laughs> tournament is very, you know, obviously there's a cash prize and stuff like that for players and coaches alike and whatnot. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a trophy. And I know that they mic'd up Frank Vogel. And he said something like, yeah, you know, one of our goals as a team was to like win this first ever NCAA tournament cup. And I was just like, what are you talking about? dude?" I did hear that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he said that. He said that to his team. He's like, we're yeah. going to be the first. He said it with a serious face on. I was like, oh, yeah. well, I guess. And okay. I was just like, dude, you have Kevin Durant on your team. You should be focused on the championship. Who gives a shit about this fucking in-season tournament? But anyways, um, <laughs> like anyways, like the, the viewership is up. Um, sure. the, the, the courts are a little hard to look at. The Lakers are about to have their game against, I think, Memphis is going to be our in-season yep. tournament game. We're 1-0 because mm-hmm. we beat the Suns yep. um, on, on their home floor. Um, <laughs> what are your? It, it's clearly a marketing thing that's working because people sure. are tuning into it. And and I, you know what? I think some players are locked into it. Like Some players are like, yeah, we, we want to win it, which is totally great. I love players who are want to win games as opposed to who think they're like too cool yeah. for, for basketball. Oh, it's just a job or, you know, like, you know. Sure, it's not sure. all about winning. Like, all right, dude. Like, we care about winning. That's why we care if you care about winning. But, um, anyways, the viewership's up, and it's up by awesome numbers. Uh, do you think? My question to you is going to be like, if you have you thought to yourself if there's a way to make it better? Is there something about the in-season tournament that you would either take away that you think would make it better, mm. or something you would add to it that you've seen from the experience so far, which has mainly been cosmetic? To be honest, it hasn't sure, been, sure. Uh, and it, there's no rule changes or anything. But uh, what's your thought of, of, of what it's been like? Yeah, I think it's been great. I, I would love to somehow, and I don't have an answer for this. Um, I would just love to have some type of playoff implication, right? Like mm-hmm. something, whether that's a home court in a round, or you know, you get, you know, you get something for doing this because the ultimate prize should be the NBA championship. Like I don't want to water down the NBA title by upping sure. up, by propping up the in-season tournament. I think that's the wrong way to go about things. Um, I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm just saying like, I, I just don't want, you know, I think, I think both of us have like people around us that, that watch basketball. And I got asked over the weekend by a bunch of people like, what, what is this in-season yeah. tournament thing? And I had to be like, honestly, I'm like, I'm not really sure either, but these games all were games they were going to play anyway. Um, so, like, I think it's cool. I think it's been nice. I think it's been competitive. My favorite thing was, like, they asked LeBron and AD about it, and they're like, I mean, it's 500000 That's enough right there. I was like, okay, well, I guess so. Uh, they just went straight to the money with it. Um, but, yeah, like, I think it's been fine. I would love some playoff implications from it. I don't know how that would work. I heard, like, Gilbert Arena say you get a lottery pick 
I don't know why the players would play for that. They would have no. Yeah. Like th- there'd be no. Playing for the uh, guy that might potentially replace you. I <laughs> yeah. There, there's 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 no motivation for that. Um, but like some kind of playoff implication. Maybe you're locked into a playing game, right? Maybe no good. matter how no matter how the season ends for you, you at least get a play-in chance. And again, that's tough to litigate or tough to like imagine being the team that like you know, actually gets to a plane and then you lose. But if you're the 10th seed, like what does that matter? Or, like if you're the or, or something with some playoff implications, but I like it, man. More competitive basketball is always better. Um, even if it's just cosmetic, even if there wasn't any actual rule changes. I guess Joel Embiid was the only one that knew that points matter in this system. The, so, like, the differential, like, yeah. Yeah, so like he had a late game bucket and like the whole, I think I don't remember what team they were playing, but uh, they all got extremely upset at him. He's like, "Hey, man, this is part of the tournament," <laughs> <laughs> and like he had to educate a lot of the other, you know, the other team. But I think it's great, man. Like I was, I was annoyed, Renee, last year at the All Star game. I remember they asked Shea, first time All Star Shea Gilgis Alexander, by the yeah. way, amazing player, having an incredible year. Like Shea, why don't you guys play harder at the All Star game? And he goes, money talks. Like, money talks. It's the All-Star. It's the, it's the All-Star game, man. Like, going against the, the best players in the world. So I, I love that, you know, they've, they've added some competitive juice to games in November that may not have had any. But yeah. also, Benet, like, my other thought is the league is so damn good right now. Like, yeah. every game is com- kind of competitive. You look around yeah. the league. Like, it's wins are tough, like, no matter who you're playing. So, Maybe they needed it. Maybe they didn't. But I like it. I, I've I've loved it. I think our courts look really good. I don't know if you got to see it. The Laker courts look. Um, tomorrow's court. I, looks I, I saw nice. some images of it today, uh, floating mm-hmm. on the timeline. Uh, what it's going to look like tomorrow. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't know if I have anything that I would add to the in season tournament. Um, that mm-hmm. that would make me feel some type of way about it. I I think if they maybe reduce how painful some of those courts are to look at, <laughs> I think that's probably the only thing. That sure. I think it's a little too over. Like I understand why they're doing it. Like I think the commissioners basically said, "We need you to know that this is not a regular game, and like there's no sure. other way for us to do it other than make these extraordinary courts." And um, and so I I get it. I, hopefully they tone that down a little bit because some of the courts. I see. I was watching the indie game and they have like some <laughs> teal blue court, and I was like, "Bro, this is hard to watch." Um, but look, if it if if it means something different for the players, like they come in more engaged too, then the, the league should just continue doing it. Who cares? Um, but it's good, dude. Like honestly, I think I think that the the fact that viewership is up, even um, in 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 the months. And remember, this doesn't go past December 9th or whatever it is. So yeah, like, if you're improving ratings in November, December, this is a home run. This this means that the NBA is testing something out and is probably smarter than. You and I and, and the rest of the folks on Twitter who constantly complain about everything that Adam Silver does. You know, it, it, they have to still make money. They, the, the TV deal is on the horizon, um, which is why they're doing all this sort yeah. of stuff. But yeah. Raj, that, was, that was my last kind of thought. What, what, what do you got? What's, what's the last thing that you've got on your mind here? Uh, yeah, I guess last thing. We have a few seconds left. And this may be like zigging while everyone zags. And yeah. I, it may just sound awful. Um, and I may just sound like not a fun guy, but like, I know a lot of people are, you know, laughing at the Washington wizards and I, and I get it. Like they're, you know, they're look, like, stay with me here. Cause I, yeah, I know I'm going to sound like, I'm going to sound like just an awful, like just enjoy the chaos. No, I get it. Like I laugh too sometimes, Yeah. but I just want like people like at least wizards fans who are kind of laughing with us. You gotta be careful. Cause like, in my opinion, Renee, I don't know if you agree with this or not. We watched a lot of bad basketball, right? Yes. Like, it's super bad from like. Uh, I don't remember the exact years, but there was a point in time, five straight lottery picks, whatever. 
once like terrible basketball and an unseriousness creeps into your organization oh yeah it's very it's very hard to get that out like yeah. the amount of changes you need look at houston man they had to fire their coach they had to like change their whole regime they brought in Ime udoka who had crazy you know um, allegations in in boston and like and then they had to go get you know two vets that they maybe overpaid whatever like and it was a, it was a process to get them into some serious basketball I, I believe, like, when you have a team that's this, like, are Jordan Poole and Kyle Guzma coaching themselves? Like, what? Like, these clips are funny. I get it. But, like, imagine, like, oh, you're the Wizards coach watching these the next day. Jordan Poole refusing to look at the huddle. Like, I know it's it's funny, but I, I just think, like, you know, once that seeps into your organization, you yeah. allow this amount of unserious basketball to come in. It's very hard to get it out. And um, we're all going to keep laughing because that's just what, like, we're going to do. The Wizards are 2-8. and eight. Don't even know who their two wins are, honestly. Um, but it's tough to 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 win that. So that's the only thing. I don't. What do you have comment on that, or like, do you agree with that? Like, I I think it's tough. No, I'm, man, just it, yeah, I'm 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 with you. Like, you can't you can't allow too much. I think I think Jordan Poole had this excerpt where he said like, you know, like he did his job in Golden State. <laughs> my legacy is my legacy is set. Yeah, yeah like he he said all that, and then he's just like, yeah, now I'm in Washington, and I get to play like the way that I want to play, and this is my team. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, this is not your team. Like, I don't like you're not like <laughs> he's talking like he's like he's like KD the year that he went to the Warriors. Like, I'm about to make like a franchise altering. Like, I, he's a talented player, he's a talented Very. scorer for sure. So I'm I'm not gonna take away from him about I was like, I think you're kind of overestimating how much of an impact you have, like on um the, the actual outcome of, of a basketball game. Um, certainly a great score, but there's so much more to being, uh, a, a, you know, a leader, a top tier player, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I think some of the theatrics are, are, are starting to become once the, once the theatrics become the, like the, the central part of the theme, mm -hmm. like everybody's watching games to see, like we had this, like with Russ the past few years, like people stopped watching Lakers basketball and we're watching bronze body language, AD's body language, Russ's body language and his confidence. And it became too much theater where every single mm. night they were going viral. Somebody was going viral for something, even if they weren't trying to do anything. And, you know, like that's still kind of like in, with the Clippers, that's it's happening now with the Clippers with James Harden, like mm. Harden just giving up on plays and airballing three wide open threes and all that, like that. Now that's become a thing for them. You don't want that to become the, what the thing for your team because Jordan Poole's a young young guy. He's probably on social media. I'm sure he doesn't want to log in online, and the first thing he sees is some guy holding a camera, some fan that was recording him in a timeout, not paying attention to the play that was being called. You know what I mean? Like that. That's it's just not a sure. good look for the team. It's not a good look for the coach, and not a good look for him. So, I'm, so like it's funny to me that like no one thought. So there was obviously like two roads, right? Jordan Poole could have been like, look, I just came from a championship organization. I just came, I just learned from maybe the most winning, like the most winning organization in the last like 10 years. Yeah. Let me take what I learned to Washington. Yeah. And he's like, nope, I'm free now. <laughs> Let me like unlock. Right. And I think that's just hilarious. Kyle Kuzma, same thing, right? Kyle yeah. Kuzma came from the Lakers, just came from off of winning a championship, yeah. winning habits, like under LeBron and you know how meticulous he is. And Kyle Kuzma went to Washington and was like, no, I'm free. Let's fly. And like, I find that to be hilarious. And there was a play, Vinay, Jordan Poole threw it off the backboard to Kyle Kuzma while they're down like 28 in a game. Yeah. And I'm like, 
that's just like the most unserious amount of basketball you can play. So again, it, it's it's all fun and jokes. I'm just like careful with Washington. Like that's a imagine being the coach in that situation. Like what? Like, do you just coach everybody else? Like, hey, Bilal, like, or uh, Danny Avdia, like, you know, you screen and cut hard. He's like, screen and yeah. cut hard? Like, screw yeah. you. Like, I'm not I'm not getting the ball yeah. anytime I screen and cut. You know what I mean? So, like, it's very easy to lose a locker room and a culture, and um, that stuff goes very easily. So that's my only point with that. It's fun to walk, laugh at Washington, but I, I look at that from a person who watched a lot of bad basketball and watched – um, a Laker team that lost a ton of games for for mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons, and that stuff stays with you. So um, just hope the Wizards under, understand that before they just hand over the keys and let Jordan Poole and Cosmo Kuzma crash eight Ferraris every day while they're playing basketball. You know what I mean? Just well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> they're they're definitely the team right now that's on like that that has yeah. a, the. Whatever the version of NBA League passes, there needs to be a version of like NBA Twitter, <laughs> the teams you watch for those kind of highlights, like the theater highlights. And I, I think they're leading the league right now, especially Jordan is. So, um, Raj, uh, that's that's everything that we had. Last yep. two games has been great. Lakers are back to 500 basketball. We our schedule actually softens up, thankfully, after the first ten games. We've got Memphis, we've got Portland, we've got Houston. Um, I think we've got the Kings again coming up. Um, at home too as well. Not you know, Houston did 30 ball us without AD, um, so we do have to get our get back with that game. Uh, and we lost a very close one to the Kings division game. Ideally, we want to win mm-hmm. as well. So Lakers do have an opportunity here to add to this win total and put some yep. distance between us and and the 500 line and, and go above it. So hopefully they they pursue that um, and and they're locked in. Bron comes back healthy would be awesome too as well as well as any of the other guys that that, that we're waiting on come back. Um, but you know, until then, we'll wait and see how our first in-season tournament home game goes uh, and what that looks like and what, what sort of uh, intensity the team comes out with. Hopefully, we finish that with a with a dub and, and, and we continue going uh, in the right direction yep. as a team. That's been everything that we have from the Suns game, the Portland game, and these past 10 games trend-wise. Um, and so we want to thank all the folks that were sitting in this space, um, the folks that ended up listening to this uh, on Apple or Spotify later uh, to watch the video. Um, we appreciate you, whether it's a like, subscribe, um, and regardless of whether you're listening to this live or in the evening or during the day, we hope you have a wonderful day in the evening. Uh, and if nothing else, we'll catch you in the next one. Take it easy. Peace.